You know, I go, I get, sometimes I get halfway through the song service and I remember, I have not shut my phone off. Boy, I grab that baby and, and uh, turn it off. It's good to have them back from winter camp. Josh, how'd you do? <laughs> tired. I, I, I can sense that, you know, a little, little tiredness. Huh? Brian, do you do any snowboarding or anything? You did some snowboarding, huh? Whew, at your age, that's a miracle. <laughs> Time's marching on. Uh, what was I talking to today? Oh, somebody was limping. I'm thinking, what happened to you? He said, I blew my knee out playing basketball. I said, man, you're 40-something years old. I mean, even the athletes quit. Even real basketball players quit when they're in that age. They know better than that. He blew his knee out while playing basketball at church. When you're young, you're blessed by Mother Nature. And when you're old, you're cursed by Father Time. So wait, that's the name of that tune. All right. Now, I, I guess evidently, uh, did everybody hear me say Thanksgiving this morning? <laughs> well, just strike that. I was talking about Valentine's Day, okay? I mean, I, I'm allowed to make a mistake. Did I say, I only said it one time, right? Okay. Oh, five times. All liars are going to have a lake of their own. I only said it one time, right? Thanksgiving. Well, I finally got around to the right holiday. Yeah, Valentine's Day, you know. Hope you, hopefully you got it. Did, did, did that mess you up on what I was trying to point how many is going to be kind this week? Two people. You know, I, I kind of like, you know, what Brian said. At the end of the week or at the beginning of the week, your computer screen is blank and you're wondering, if nobody listens, why should I even try to fill this computer screen? <laughs> There's four people. Did you learn going to be kind this week, Pat? Mm, no. She had, she's going to work at it. Matthew chapter 7. Boy, Butch, you better hurry and get me out of this. Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse, verse 24. I'm going to talk to you about a kingdom connection. Now, I, just a, a short teaching tonight, all right? But uh, in this, in the, probably his Sermon on the Mount is his most famous sermon. Uh, he did a sermon by the sea, sermon on the mount. Uh, out of all the, the messages that Christ, Christ was teaching everywhere, and he was teaching and giving principles all the time, but his sermon on the mount uh, starts out with the way to be blessed. Uh, how many knows that God wants you blessed? I mean, God wants you blessed. He has placed his blessings. We are blessed. But we have a choice of whether to walk in his blessings or put ourselves in a position. T.D. Jake says, repositioning yourself. Uh, there, is, there is a way to position yourself to walk in his blessings. So his sermon starts out with, with the uh, requirements are the, are the things that, that puts us in a position to be blessed. And, uh, and then it ends up, and this is the end of his sermon, and he uses the word, therefore. And uh, therefore, we'll talk about that word in just a moment. But he, he gives us some insight. Therefore, whoever. Now, who, now, now, before I get into this, don't miss Wednesday. We, we had a good time last Wednesday. Okay, I had a great time teaching. I don't know if anybody had a great time listening or not. But we're going to talk. Some people came up afterward because First John talks about sin and relationship and fellowship. And, and, but, so we're going to talk about sin. 
And we had a great discussion after all the classes over. Some people came up and was talking to me about what sin was. How many knows where sin came from? What, where, where did it originate from? Where does sin find its roots? All that, we're going to talk about that on Wednesday. What is sins to some people aren't sins to others. We're going to talk about the whole enchilada, okay, on Wednesday. So you be here at 7 o'clock when we talk about it. All right, but whoever, who does whoever refer to? And I mean, we got some whoever's here tonight. All right, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Now, he's going to liken us to two different type of people, and, you, and we are represented here in this building tonight. Though we may not think so, uh, maybe we might not want to recognize it, but uh, we're here. You're going to run into these folks this week, okay? Uh, because we're all going to fall in either one or two categories. We're either, either going to be a wise, we're going to be wisdom people, or we're going to be foolish people. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Verse 25. And the rains descended. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew and, the be and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He taught them as one who knew what he was talking about. So when, when he started this sermon, he, he, uh, he, he set them down. In fact, it says when he got up on the mountain and he was set, he called the disciples unto him, which meant what he was about to say in this sermon was not some random thought. It was not something that he just sat down and, and out, of the, uh, you know, out of his imagination he brought it forth. But it was, it, it was, it was a set will and set purpose. And what he was teaching them was something that, that uh, he wanted to make an impact on them. And so when he finished all these things, they were astonished because he, when he first started them all because, and I'm going to talk about making a connection. Uh, for 1,500 years, they had focused on the outward. They had focused on the physical. And now when he started the sermon off, he said, that is not really what I was interested in. How many knows that even during the law, God was not really focused and his real intention was not focused on that sacrifice they was bringing? He said, I am, in fact, he told Isaiah, he said, I am sick of all the sacrifices you're bringing. He said, I am sick of your feast. He said, I'm sick of the, you know, you, we have all these set days. And he said, you come and you bring your sacrifice. And he said, I'm sick of all of it because you bring your sacrifices and your heart's not connected to it. And because God has always been focused on your heart and your spirit, not the physical, you know, he was, he was never focused on that physical thing, even though it was his plan. He was always wanting his people's heart connected to it. So he starts the whole sermon off by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those people that in their heart, there's, there's, different, there's a different spirit inside of it. And he said, that is, that is where you're going to position yourself to walk in the blessings that I want you to enjoy. And then so he starts, he starts it off and, and, and he kind of rearranges all their, their focus and, and, and kind of, you know, he's, you know, he, he, he's kind of shaking them up. And, he say, and they're, they're, they're shocked and they're saying, never has anybody spoken like this. We're not, 
we're not used to this. We've always been focused on something else. But now he's kind of putting his hand or his hand on what is really the problem. Notice, therefore, take notice. That word, therefore, uh, it means to take notice. It means to listen up. He's about to make a point. He's about to say something that you really need to hear. Now, he's talking about prayer. During the sermon, if you'll read about it, in the, in the, starting in chapter 5, he's talked about prayer. He's talked about fasting. He's talked about, he's talked about marriage. He's talked about forgiveness. He's talked about how you're to take care and how you respond to your enemies. Man, he has taken care. He has talked about almost all the facets and the points of life. And now at this, now at this time, he's saying, I want you to listen up and, and notice something. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Now listen, we have a choice. We have a choice. Everybody in this building has a choice. You can either make a connection with God or you can, cannot. Now, how many, know, how many knows that there's a lot of Christians that don't obey God? There's a lot of Christians that don't obey God. There's a lot of believers in our world that confess Christ as their Savior, but they're not totally obedient to God. Perhaps it might, you know, Perhaps it might be uh, me and, and some part of my life that God is dealing with me in obedience. But we have a choice. And so he is saying, he's trying to get our attention. Whoever hears these saying of mine and does them, uh, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house on the rock. Making a connection, listen to me, is always a choice. God never forces us to do anything. He'll never force us to do anything. But he will, he will always give us a choice. So do we believe he is God? Do you believe he's God tonight? Do you believe that he has your best interest at heart? So are we doing what he says we are to do? It is amazing to me that how we can know that God is good, we can know that God is for us, we can know that he has our best interest at heart, we know that, that we are blessed and he wants to position us to be in a place of blessing, and we know all of that, and it's amazing how many people believe that he's God and can do whatever he wants to, but respond with actions to say, I'll take it from here. I'll, I'll, I'll handle this. God, you're God, and I'll, I'll accept you as my Savior, but I'll just, I'll just take this, you know, I'll take it from here, and, and, you know, you don't have to be concerned about it. And that's the way we want to live our life. But listen, he likens us unto two different people, the wise person and the foolish. Now, I want to go through some things real quickly here, and then, then we'll go home, all right? First, notice it's not really houses he's talking about. How many understands that? He's not really talking about houses, even though he's saying you're building a house. He's talking about a life. You are building a life. You are, you are, hopefully you are building a spiritual life. And you need to be concerned about the spiritual life you're building because you're going to live in it. You're going to be the one that experiences that spiritual life. So if, if you want a great spiritual life, then you really need to be, be concerned about how you build your spiritual life because you're going to enjoy the results of how you are building. And not only are you going to enjoy the results or uh, experience the results of how you're building, but those around you are also going to experience uh, the blessings in your life or the negative things in your life. It all depends on how you're built. So he's not talking about a life or a house. He's talking about a life. And we have two options. We either build with Christ or we build life for our own terms. Christians can build their spiritual life on their own terms. So notice, notice I want to ask you a question tonight. So how is it going for you? How's it going for you? How's it going? God has given you the options. You're building your own spiritual life. How are you doing tonight? I like when, when, when Dave Mass teaches, the, teaches the, his little seminar on, 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 and he's teaching pastors about 
you know, building churches and all that stuff, and and they and they come and and he sets them down. and He says, "So uh, you you know how to you know you're called to preach and you're a pastor and and uh, uh, you know how's it going for you?" And then then he says, "Well, if it's not going too good for you, then then maybe we ought to do some changing." And I'm telling you and and me tonight, if it's not going exactly the, the way we'd want to you know go, then maybe we ought to do some changing. Whosoever, listen, whoever build, you can build wisely or you can build foolishly, but it's simply up to you. Some people look at God and his rules and think his rules are too restrictive. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to do this and I'm gonna choose not to do that. And they kind of pick and choose, you know, they go through the Bible and they kind of pick and choose all the rules they want to do and, and the rules that they don't want to do, they just kind of lay them aside. It's kind of like a smorgasbord. You go through and you put some on your plate and you, and you leave the rest because it really doesn't appeal to you. But I want you to understand something. God's rules, even though some of them may re, be restrictive, they are for our own good. And if we will apply them to our life, it will result in our life being stronger in the long run. Even though they might seem restrictive, even though they may seem out of date, even though they may seem archaic, listen, you have to understand and realize God has your best interest at heart. And if you'll build the way God wants you to build, you will prosper. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have a life full of meaning and and rewarding. Isaiah just simply wrote it this way. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. See, now listen, that's Old Testament, but how many knows that God in the New Testament wants you to do the same thing? So for those saints that think that God's laws and God's rules are too restrictive and, and, they, and they're not really, uh, you know, to, to be applied to and I can pick and choose what I want to, listen, get ready. You're building that house. You're building your life. And, and I'm telling you, there's some things that are going to be coming our way. And if you haven't built the right way, there's going to be some things that will affect your house. So secondly, notice, no matter what your relationship with Christ, your life is going to go through some stuff. Regardless of how you're building whether you're building wisely or whether you're building foolishly, I'm, you're going to go through some stuff. You are not going to be exempt from some stuff in this life. Peter writes it this way in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. He said, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is testing you. Don't, don't think it's strange concerning that fiery trial that's going to test you. I don't care who you are, and I don't care how much faith you think you have. Your faith is not going to exempt you from some stuff. I mean, exactly, you had better be in a good house. You had better be in a good, strong house. You had, been, you had better been building your spiritual life the way God wants you to build it because when you go through some stuff, and you will, God is interested in knowing that your house is going to stand the test of the pressure that's going to come your way. See, both houses are tested. If you're reading out, remember what there's... Both houses are tested. I don't care what house you're in, both houses are going to be tested. You may be a Christian and you're building the right way. That will not exempt you from the test. And though you're building the wrong way, the test is going to come. But the problem is your house is, is going to be completely collapsed because God is interested in have, making sure that your house, your spiritual house, will stand the test of time. One stands the test, the other doesn't. Thirdly, notice, the wise man first dug deep before he started to build up. The wise man dug, before he started up, he dug down. Now listen, digging's hard work. How many has ever took a shovel and started to dig? I mean, especially, I mean, some places. If, if I'm going to dig some holes somewhere, I always try to find a soft spot. You know, I mean, you want to, if you're going to do any digging, you want to find a soft spot. 
But the wise man, before he started building up, he first dug deep. You'll notice the foolish man, he just, he just started building. Now, I've got a house out there that, that I built, had built, and it's a cheap little house, and it don't have a foundation. I call it portable. <laughs> it's a portable house. Now, uh, I'm not going to live in that house because that house was not built to be lived in. But there's a lot of Christians that they, before they, they never think about digging. They never think about counting the cost. They never think about, they never think about, you know, what, you know, what is it, how is this going to affect me? What am I supposed to do? They never think about digging. And when you're digging, see, when you're digging and you're digging down to find rock, there's going to be some things you've got to remove. You might, you might hit a root might be in the way or some rocks might be in the way. And you're going to have to remove some obstacles that keeps you from getting down to bedrock. So you're going to have to count the cost. He that put his hand to the plow, looking back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, remember, in fact, one of the warnings in the Bible is, remember Lot's wife. Well, what happened to her? She looked back. You know what? She didn't dig deep. She didn't start digging. And in and, and the process of her life, because she first didn't dig deep, then she began to look back. She couldn't believe what was going on. Notice, you have to first dig. It's hard work. It's sweating. It's moving obstacles. Staying at it till you reach, you reach, you know, that a lot of people don't stay at it until, you know, some, there used to be an old saying, you got to pray through. And though it might be an old saying, there's a lot of us that don't do that. Your problem is that you just haven't prayed through. You know, and that was just kind of the old preacher's way. We used to think, well, that's just an old preacher way. It just kind of takes care of all your problems. But there's a lot of truth to that. Sometimes people just didn't pray through before they started building. They just didn't get down to bedrock, John, before they, before they started laying the foundation to their, to their spiritual house. And because they didn't do that, the, the structure that they're building was not sound because they simply just didn't count the cost. And then pay the price and stay with it and do it with your whole heart, committing yourself to Christ. There is such a thing as half-hearted commitments. But I want to tell you, when you're building your spiritual life, that will not work. Then fourthly, notice, the rain descended. Now notice, it descended, the rain descended. The scripture says, it rains on the just and the unjust. And notice now, where does the rain come from? It's talking about providential stuff that every one of us are subject to. That phone call that you get in the middle of the night that says something's wrong. It's providential stuff. The rain, first of all, comes from above. It's the pressure that comes with just simply life. Riches take flight. Trials come in your families. The economy goes south. The stock market crashes. Businesses fail. People die unexpectedly. Sickness comes our way. Now listen, I want you to understand. When that happens, and sometimes it does, and just because you are a person of faith, it doesn't stop that because the rain comes regardless of who you are. It comes to the wise and to the foolish. But the problem is the wise know how to handle it. Because when the going gets tough, listen, it might be an old saying, but the tough get going. Your faith is not founded on sand, it's founded on a rock. And when everything around you is shaken, your faith isn't because it's founded on something that is solid. The rain will come. But if your house is going to stand, it's because you have, first of all, dug down to something that is solid 
and you got it into your heart. So the rains came down. And then notice, fifthly, the floods came. Luke records in Luke chapter 6, the same sermon in verse 48. He says, the floods arose. It's things from the earth. Opposition from the world. Listen, if you're really building like you're going to build, the world's not going to accept you. You're weird. I mean, you're, the way you think is, uh, is diametrically opposed to the world's philosophy. The world says get, your God says give. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, everything that God tells you to do is almost diametrically opposed to the way the world's philosophy is. Now, they, they, first of all, then they, the, the world system is it, it's, it's not going to like you. It's not going to like your philosophy. It's not going to like your, your teaching. It's, it's not going to like your, your value system. The world system is not, is not in line with the way God wants you to design your life. I'm telling you it's opposed. Jesus said this, if the world hates me, it's going to hate you also. Who is, by the way, have you forgotten who the God of this world is? Who is the God of this world? Well, if he's the God of this world, then he's also the God of this world system. And this world system is not your friend. So notice now, the floods came up and there's, there's going to be things that will come from this world. Don't be surprised when the world doesn't accept your faith. Don't be surprised when the world persecutes you. Don't be surprised when the world doesn't accept the God that you serve. It's, 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 it's popular today to be religious. All the candidates today are religious. All of them end with God bless America. All of them in their, in, their, in their speeches say, well, let's pray for those that are going through tough times. My only question is, what God are they talking about? And when they talk, when they talk about values, I'm just, talking, I'm just wondering what kind of values are they talking about? Are they talking about these kind of values? And then if they are talking about these kind of values, they're the biggest hypocrites in the world because the life that this book says that is created by God, they take. So what God are they talking about? See, the world is religious because it's popular, because they want your vote. But don't be surprised if the world rejects you. They'll reject your God. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will what? Raise up a standard against him. Now notice Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 19 says, Arise and shine for your light has come, and the glory of God will rest upon you. Now notice the sixth thing, and the winds blew. So the rains fell, pressure, providential stuff that just happens in your life. And the floods arose from the earth, the world system that is opposed to you. And what is the third one? <laughs> and the winds blew. Winds of discouragement. Winds of compromise, winds of doctrine, all kinds of winds in this last age that's going to come against you. What do you do when the winds comes against you? If at first you have dug deep and you have founded your life on the rock, when the winds come, you may bend, but you won't break. Your house May, you may hear the winds going, you know, have you, have you been in your house and the winds are blowing and it's making that sound, you know? That's okay. Your house is okay. The winds will come. Discouragement's going to come. There'll be times of compromise that will come your way. 
And all kinds of false stuff is being taught today. Listen, get solid on this book. He that doeth the things that I tell him is going to be likened to a wise man. He that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I'm going to liken him to a wise man that builds his life on the rock. And when all of these things come, everything around you may be falling apart, but you're not. Everything around you might be shaken and fallen, but you're not. Why? Because you are built wisely. You have built your life upon the rock. And no matter what comes your way, you'll stand. Amen? Every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you tonight.